Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Happy Monday. Welcome back. And guess who is back? Our own Ryan Mitchell. OMG. It's great to have you here. Did you, did you know why I was gone? We didn't say anything. Oh, so it's up to that's you. So sweet. It's up to you. Wow, to reveal, not violating HIPAA laws. Thank you, know. you so much. I'm just saying, I'm evolving. <laughs> Yeah, because I thought I just knew Shira had told all my business. Every time she was checking in with me, I just knew she was laying it back to you all. I just said Ryan is out. Wow, that's it? Yep. That sounds like Ryan got fired. That's (laughs) what that sounds like. Ryan got fired. Anything could have happened. No. So do you want to share while you were out? Well, I was out with COVID, everyone. It was the worst 10 days of my entire life. And it's the first time I ever had it. You know, I have been considering myself to be like a unicorn because I was like the only one on the planet left (laughs) who hasn't gotten it. And it literally got me, um, but I'm so happy that I feel much better. I will say my smell is gone. Oh, it hasn't come back yet. It has not come back yet. It, I just smell plenty of nickels. So it's like I oh. am like continuously near a fountain that has pennies oh, at the God. bottom, and that's all that I'm oh, like that's... smelling. Oh, my God. Yeah, so. I'm wondering if that's a long COVID symptom. I don't know. I hope not. I feel like it comes in and out. Like the, oh, the, way, okay, that so I, the right. way that I found out was Coco, my dog, she gave me a kiss, and her breath smells rancid, oh. and I did not smell anything. Oh, so I good. immediately knew something was wrong. Well, you know, I, I guess for things like that, it's a good thing. So you don't need to smell uh, her, yeah, uh, gross. So, but imagine. But what if you hang what, out with someone? And I stink. And I'm musty. Or what if they stink and you don't realize? No, I'm worried about myself. <laughs> I went to go buy all of these candles and like plug in smell goods in my apartment because I was so nervous. Like I, when you have an animal living with you, there could be smells at any moment. But what if you do too much of that where if someone comes in, they're like, oh my God, it well, smells like I, perfume. I rather Gross. smell like someone's grandmother. And instead of like smelling like musty armpits. There's a balance, definitely. Maybe, maybe. But I'm happy to be back. Thank you so much for, um, you didn't know why I was going. You probably thought I was fired. But um, either way, I'm happy to be back. Very happy. <laughs> oh, my God. Very well, yeah, we're excited. We're happy that you're healthy and back as well. Yeah. And it's, of course, uh, Ryan's birthday week. <laughs> Is it okay that I reveal that? We yes. We how old uh, you are, I'm, Well, it's not like I'm I'm, a, I'm turning 22. Did you not know? Oh, yeah, right. I'm He's lying, everyone. 22. He's lying. You know, fresh out of my mother's womb. <laughs> <laughs> You wish? I don't know. No, I'm turning 29. 
So, like, Literally. that's a big, big birthday right before you hit 30. It's my golden year. 29. I'm on July 29. That is cool. This is like a big birthday for yeah. me. Whatever is supposed to happen. Golden being Leo, the sun. You know, we're gonna, it. I'm so happy COVID didn't get me during my birthday week. Exactly. Stay away lucky. from everyone. Well, now you have the antibodies, hopefully. Yeah, and I so hope those antibodies won't... body. <laughs> I need them to do all the body. Yes, exactly. Well, we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff today. Uh, burnout, how it can impact your shopping habits. 4.35 p.m. Pacific, 7.35 p.m. Eastern. More on the World Health Organization declaring monkeypox a global health emergency in 15 minutes as well. Right now, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Pope Francis issued a historic apology today for the Catholic Church's cooperation with Canada's catastrophic policy of indigenous residential schools, uh, saying the forced assimilation of Native people onto Christian society destroyed their cultures, which we know, severed families, marginalized generations in ways that are still being felt today. Here he is speaking in Alberta, Canada, to a crowd of indigenous residents. I ask forgiveness in particular for the ways in which many members of the church and of religious communities cooperated, not least through their indifference in projects of cultural destruction and forced assimilation promoted by the governments of that time, which culminated in the system of residential school. Yeah, it, it's horrific. Just for context, you might not know this, but more than 150,000 Native children in Canada were forced to attend state-funded Christian schools from the 19th century until the 1970s in an effort to isolate them from the influence of their homes and culture. Moving on to Senator Joe Manchin, who tested positive for COVID-19. He wrote on Twitter, This morning I tested positive. I'm fully vaxxed and boosted and I'm experiencing mild symptoms. I will isolate and follow CDC guidelines as I continue to work remotely to serve West Virginians. You know, maybe his long COVID symptoms will be to actually vote with the rest of the Democrats. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Zinger. Uh, And he is the latest in a string of senators to test positive, as well as President Biden, whose symptoms are reportedly gone. Do you believe that, though? That they're gone? Yeah. I mean, based on the way it is after 10 days or so. It has not been 10 days. He just got it. No, it was last week, early last week. Yeah, but it has not been. It's been 10 days for me. Not Now Ron's going to compare his symptoms to everyone else's symptoms. Yes. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Everyone is different. And finally, convicted Jelaine Maxwell has moved 1,000 miles to a low-security prison in Florida. This was the Epstein woman. Uh, And this prison has inmates enjoying movies. They have a running track and even yoga in the yard. She was expected to serve her time in the Federal Correctional Institution in Danbury, Connecticut, the prison that inspired Orange is the New Black. However, the FBP, the Federal Bureau of Prisons, I don't even know if that's what it's called, but I'm calling it that, FBP, confirmed that the six-year-old was instead moved to FCI Tallahassee, a low-security federal correctional institution in Florida, so she can enjoy, I guess, prison a bit better. Anyway, that We all deserve to be comfortable. Right. At any moment. That was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? Yo, I have come back to deliver you some new Elon Musk news. Oh, God. I swear, there's something new every day. Every and it gets weirder and weirder. Moment. It gets weirder and weirder. Well, this latest news is all about um, the Wall Street Journal released a scathing piece about um, this affair between him and the Google co-founder, Sergey Brin's wife, Nicole Shanahan. And apparently they have had... Uh, 
a romantic affair. Mm. And it's actually one of the wildest things that I was reading. But apparently he is laughing it off. He has said, this is total BS. Sergi and I are friends and we're at a party together last night. He ended up like sending a photo of them to the uh, New York Post to try to debunk all of these rumors. He said, I've only seen Nicole twice in three years. Both times were with many people around and nothing romantic. He even followed up saying that uh, he, oh my God, he went this far. He concluded basically saying he hadn't had sex in ages. Please Good burn my know. eyes and literally cut off my ears. Uh, Elon said that? Yes, Elon said that. But what about the twins or the That the was like a while person? ago. So that's his recent thing. He hasn't had sex. Yeah, he's just basically he basically claims life. that the publication has engaged in character assassination numerous times before and alleged that quote none of the key people involved in these alleged wrongdoings were even interviewed. Now apparently there was another like report that said that he was like begging Sergi Brin for forgiveness because apparently Sergi has given him money when like Tesla was going bankrupt. It was oh, like yeah. five hundred thousand yeah, dollars, and this is a whole bombshell that just dropped over the weekend the company propped up um basically you know brand files for divorce from shanahan after learning of their alleged affair and they were separated but still living together at the time uh, but a person close to her told wall street journal that brand filed for divorce in january and so who knows what's the truth or not my question is and the question we're all wondering is who is over there really opening their legs for elon musk seems like a lot of people it and i don't know the choice he uh, promises that he'll take them to space honestly i open my legs too (laughs) probably in a different type of space if you know what i'm saying that's your t report you got more coming up next hour stick around for that okay next up by the world health organization finally declared monkeypox as a global public health emergency more next Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. The World Health Organization has declared the spread of monkeypox to be a public health emergency of international concern. Since early May, more than 16,000 cases of monkeypox have been identified across more than 60 countries. Karen Landman joins us right now, a senior reporter at Vox, to share more. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me. So what does it take to get to this point where the World Health Organization gets involved? Well, it takes, you know, I mean, it takes meeting their criteria uh, to have a, a public health emergency international concern declared. I mean, they were involved beforehand in terms of, of keeping an eye on things um, and coordinating a lot of study groups on this. But what they've done now is declared this an emergency. And that means that there's going to be a lot more um, coordination of sharing vaccines and vaccine technology, um, more mandated reporting from countries where there are monkeypox cases and sort of a, a, a sense that there will be more guidelines and expert advice coming from the WHO for countries that are seeing a lot of monkeypox cases. So how does it change our approach now? Well, um, what it means is that probably countries that have a lot more resources and a lot more vaccine will be encouraged to donate or share uh, or otherwise provide vaccines to countries with um, lower numbers of resources, lower amounts of resources. It also just signals that um, this is something really serious and that countries that have been a little bit less aggressive about trying to prevent spread or trying to um, provide treatment need to um, get on the game and be a little bit more aggressive about that. So what happens in terms of, I guess, the narrative around it, because it has been, you know, looked at and we've talked about this almost like an STD or just around the uh, or, you know, among the gay community. Does that shift how we approach this and 
the communities we outreach to for support? So I think it's really it's important that we talk about what is happening now, but also what could happen. These are these are we are able to hold two things in our minds at the same time. Right. Spread is happening right now in communities of men who have sex with men, um, most commonly among men who are having multiple partners. um, And that is is just a consequence of the fact that this is spread by very close skin to skin contact. And that is a place where that often happens without the opportunity to check somebody out or ask, like, are you having any symptoms? Right. So that's why that spread is happening there now. But that doesn't mean that it couldn't go outside of that community very easily. Just, you know, people who are sexually active also often have families. And that means that they can, you know, skin contact can happen when you're caring for a child as well. So um, that's why we've seen a couple of cases um, emerge in children and um, in other household contacts, which is actually, you know, prior to this outbreak, Household spread is the way this virus usually spread in communities. So not surprising to see that. Well, and what's really interesting, you made sure to talk about in your piece about a public health emergency is not the same thing as a pandemic. Can you uh, break that down? Very important to distinguish between those two things. We're not talking about a disease that is spreading exponentially in everybody uh, who has any kind of casual contact and that threatens, um, that, that you know, sort of creates the kind of threat that a pandemic would. This is something, this is a disease that it's actually pretty easy to take measures to prevent yourself from getting. It's not just being vaccinated. You just need to make sure that when you have close contact with a person that they don't have, that they don't have sores um, or that you have a barrier between yourself and with them if you're not sure. So that just means, um, you know, what we call in medicine universal precautions. So, you know, using gloves if you're touching skin of a person or using a, a condom if you're um, having sexual activity with a person where you don't know what their, uh, what their status is. Visual inspection of skin, just looking at somebody's skin will give you a lot of information. Asking to people, you know, what their, what their situation is, whether they're having any, um, any rash or any symptoms. We can, we, we're really good at preventing um, the spread of infectious rashes when we know what questions to ask. So it's just important for people to understand that this is something that is not something you're going to get in casual contact with people. Uh, do you think at this point the, the vaccine solution is going to be the only way to go to decrease this and get out of this situation? I think it's an important way to go. It's, um, it's not the only tool we have. Like I said, just our ability to avoid infections by talking to each other and by looking at each other yeah. and by using universal precautions is a really important tool. Vaccines are helpful um, because, you know, people still want to do what they want to do. And sex is often what a lot of people want to do. And so we got to keep people safe while letting them live their lives. And, you know, people are especially excited to be out and about out of the house after um, after being locked indoors for so long. And um, I think it's really impractical to tell people, you know, not to engage in any sexual activity. Um, yeah. But we can help people be safer while they do it. And vaccines are one way to do that. Yeah, and I know the World Health Administration well, organization has faced so much criticism for being both too slow and too fast when it comes to declaring this as a public health emergency. So I think moving forward now, what should be their, their, you know, the White House is expected to name the a name a monkeypox coordinator soon. That's mm. being reported. But I guess what in what steps should be what they sh- what steps should they be looking forward to now moving forward as we wrap this conversation up? I think um, we can expect to see a lot more vaccine coming on the scene in the coming months. Um, but I also think that information about how to do your own checks, even if you don't have a vaccine, and who is at highest risk for a bad 
uh, a bad outcome from monkeypox infection, like immunocompromised people, severely immunocompromised people, including people with um, severe untreated HIV children. Um, those are folks who really, if they have any symptoms, should get uh, get care early, get checked out and tested early. Um, and perhaps, you know, as more vaccine becomes available, also be prioritized to receive vaccine. So, uh, but I think really, you know, keeping in mind that we all have the tools, even without a vaccine, we have a lot of tools to keep ourselves safe, whatever risk category we're in. And we should be eager to use those while we're waiting for vaccines to become more available. Yeah. I mean, it's just wild. One thing after the next here these days yeah, in our modern never. world. Yeah. Yeah. Never uh, that, boring. Yes, that was Karen Landman, a senior reporter at Vox. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Well, coming up next, we have the um, we have to talk about Indiana because uh, they are opening special sessions to debate near total abortion bans. What does that mean? How lawmakers are getting involved? More coming up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, let's talk Indiana because um, Indiana is convening a special session to pass new abortion restrictions, becoming the first state to do so since the Supreme Court decision dismantled federal abortion protections. I mean, we pretty much knew at some point this was going to happen, right? That there was going to be a state that was going to immediately, you know, I guess, move forward with, I, I, I'm assuming their trigger laws and move forward and and dismantling further abortion when it comes now to states since there's no protections federally, you know? Yeah, uh, of course. What's interesting here is they're saying that this would not hold up if it, if someone was uh, dealing with certain things like, and this gets very complicated, by the way, so try to catch up on this. But um, it said in this article in the 19th News, it talked about that uh, the abortion could happen if it did involve a miscarriage. If it did involve, um, I'm trying to find it, sorry, endo, uh, here we go, treatment of miscarriages, ectopic pregnancies, or in vitro procedures, fertilization procedures, it would not affect that. Um, This is according to this proposed legislation. Of course, they're saying this is not about criminalizing women. Um, Also, it doesn't create any new penalties for doctors who who perform abortion. Instead, it relies on existing policies that would revoke a doctor's license for performing an illegal abortion. Yet, this is also the same state um, who was in the headlines after this 10-year-old was raped and was trying to get an abortion. And this is a, a... a specific situation that made headlines, right? Yeah. And put them at the center of all of this. Yeah, which is now why more eyes are on it as they move forward doing what they're doing. And I think a lot of people are wondering, well, what is the administration doing? What is the administration actually, you know, going to do? And Kamala Harris, she's actually, uh, VP Kamala Harris is visiting Indiana to meet with legislators about opposing the state's bill. Here is um, actually something she had to say. Maybe some people need to actually learn how a woman's body works but when you understand how a woman's body works you will understand that the parameters that are being proposed mean that for the vast majority of women by the time she realizes she is pregnant she will effectively be prohibited from having access to reproductive health care that would allow her to choose what happens to her body. So can I say what comes up for me when I hear the administration specifically talk about all of these things that are happening around the country, especially with abortion specifically? 
there was just so much time that they had to codify Roe v. Wade. And the fact that it just feels like, once again, we are playing catch-up to a situation that should have been handled I mean, decades ago at this point, and it feels like they understood the ramifications of, oh, if this is a possibility, but just in the ways that they doubted, you know, President Trump at the time about, oh, he's never going to be elected, he got elected, and how that's literally significantly changed how our world and how this country is at it, I mean, at its core at this point. Um, for me, I get very frustrated hearing a lot of the administration, uh, specifically our leaders, talking about how they're fighting it. And, you know, maybe some people need to actually learn how a woman's body works. That is a quote that we just heard from Vice President Kamala Harris. It's like, what's more important, these one-off little quotable moments? Or is it actually the the work that we did not do to actually make sure that this does not happen? I mean, once and again, women everywhere and pe- folks with uter- uteruses yeah. everywhere are not affected. Uh, again, I think that it's easier said than done. I think the problem is is that uh, it couldn't have been codified because they don't own the Senate. However, they should have taken the steps and made it more clear that these things need to be done, including when uh, it was well, obvious was, that it, there, there was a majority on the Supreme when Court. When President Obama was in office, he had the opportunity. Well, that's what I'm he saying. He had the opportunity it, to do it, and it was high on his priority list at one point, but he is also known to, to have said that you know, when he actually entered into the White House, there was so much that he had to, like, fix and clean up and do because the previous administration before him was a hot mess. And they well, that was the thing. It doesn't become a priority. On. But right? this is, I mean, but the guess what? It is. Then, but the, it is. The priority then, because it did feel like, it it felt like, okay, that's possible, but it didn't feel like it was going to happen, was LGBTQ rights, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, fortunately, because he did a lot for that. No, you said unfortunately. Wow, what an ally. What an ally. The last one, <laughs> the last time that the Democratic Party won a majority in both chambers, giving them full control of Congress for the first time, um, was in 1993, which was also the last time they controlled the House. So I, I think that in the end, they should have had it more top of mind and saying, hey, while this might not be pushed through, FYI, we are aware and we need to do something about it. I think that the biggest thing was when the the right controlled the Supreme Court, it became more of a realization that this was a reality. Well, here's a, actually, as we wrap up here, there's a clip, because obviously there's going to be protesters there all day, uh, all night probably. And here's a clip of Counselor uh, Allie Brown. She's outside of the Indiana State House, and she grabbed a megaphone, and she's saying this. Do not leave. Stay here. If you can get in, get in. We need you here. Understand in Indianapolis, we will keep you safe. I promise you that. We need you to be All right. Well, uh, we'll be keeping you updated on everything happening in Indiana and other states, of course, as this continues. Um, but coming up next, we're switching gears. We want to bring some lighter things to you. Uh, you can get $15,000 this summer. It involves just hanging out at the beach. We'll tell you more next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Want to get paid this summer just to sit on the beach and hang out? Or actually go to beaches, plural. You know, people hate beaches, which is like wild. You I know have a friend who hates I a beach. know that because, you know it's what? She's from here. And I'm my, like, how do you hate beaches? My boyfriend hates beaches. And I love the beach. He doesn't hate. That's extreme. But he's like, he doesn't like sand. He thinks it's sticky and dirty. First of all, sand's not sticky. 
It, it does dirty. stick to your body. Is that sticky? sticky? Yeah, like you know what I'm no, saying? Sticky's like syrup. That's sticky. It has a, a different type of sticky. It just it just like attaches itself. Exactly. You would consider That's that not somewhat sticky. sticky. No. At any I've rate. I've dealt with a lot of sticky things. <laughs> so I would know. Well, this is for the people who like the beaches. Uh the hotel booking website, hotels.com. Wants to pay you $15,000 to visit the company's 10 best retro beach motels, motels across the U.S. this summer. Anything with a motel, no, unless it's a like, Trixie motel. I feel like there's a lot of cute lodges now and mo- quote-unquote motels. That's not a motel. A lodge it's more is not like, a motel. Yeah, but, well, they're considering that like motels, like uh, quaint hotels, right? Mm, that got bugs. When I hear the quaint, mo- <laughs> I hear roaches. The money includes a $10,000 travel stipend. And uh, they're all over the country from Florida to Maine, Washington State, Southern California, and a $5,000 quote unquote salary to spend on whatever you like during your travels. Well, of course. Like, what? I mean, that sounds like a salary. Like, that's just basically like, know, oh, if you're traveling yeah. for this amount of time, I don't have any other work that I can do, or like, you know, yeah, I'm exactly. To, or, so, of course, that's compensating. Why not? You could also work from there while, you know, while doing this. Like remote work? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you also will get. I love they say this. Uh, sunscreen, umbrellas, vintage sunglasses, a cooler, a solar-powered AM/FM radio, and a retro Polaroid camera. The only requirement for the winner is use that camera to document the trip for future generations. Yeah, as if you're really like caring about Why future generations. Why does it sound like they're making a time capsule you, for someone in the fifties? Yeah, exactly. You just want free promotion. Come on, Hotels.com. <laughs> I don't think it's a free. Pro- I mean, clearly that's a marketing idea. It is. Like, it is. But I, I'm down for it. But just no. come on for future generations. Like beaches, is that serious? I would go to be. I would do the beach thing, but I'm not staying in a motel. Like that sounds gross. These are really cute, though. Like the water is going to be brown. No, they're actual hotels. They're boutique motels across the country, which are. I think you're making it up when you're saying it's not like what you consider a motel. They're talking about Motel Six. No. I don't think those are the ones. They're, it's like the Montauk Beach House and the Pearl Hotel. And, and these those, are really cute. If you look at these like, pictures, they are all, very cute. Any hotel can have roaches in it because guess what? We have built buildings on a roach's home. I'm assuming that I'm sure there are insects living somewhere because that's like we're living in nat- in life and nature. I literally just said that. But um, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that they wouldn't want you to visit crappy places because it would make them look bad. They don't know. You don't know. You just don't know. Well, wait. To ruin this promotion, Ryan. <laughs> you could go to hotels.com to apply if you're interested. I just don't like motels. Do a hotel if you want. Well, me to obviously, have you're not the best candidate. Do a beach resort. Okay, well, that's not what they're promoting. Next up, the madness <laughs> that went down at the Rolling Loud Festival over the weekend. That and more next on What's Trending This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the show and more music coming up right here on Channel Q. Uh, yes, it's Shira, and we're so happy to have Ryan back and healthy in the studio. Yes. Ah, and it's what? It's also Leo season, a.k.a. Ryan's birthday week. So many things to celebrate. Producer Shelby is uh, rolling her eyes every time I make a mention of Leo season. I don't know why, the hatred, but (laughs) how about we ask her, why do you hate me? Uh, Not you directly. Um, Maybe this is something I shouldn't talk about on air. Oh, I don't need people coming for me. Wow. Whoa, what? Now I need to know what the Shots issue is. You don't know the fired. you don't know the Leo stereotypes. No. What? Please no, tell please us more. You are like the epitome of a Leo. <laughs> Which is what? No, Shelby, please explain. Um, I actually, I don't think we have time. What's coming yeah. up for the rest of the hour? <laughs> no, I actually am really intrigued. We'll, we'll talk about it off air. Okay. Well, if you think you ha- haven't had COVID, think again. It's likely you've had it and just didn't know. We're going to be getting into that in 15 minutes. And we know how frustrating flying can be. We're talking about how to make it a little more bearable later on this hour. Let's get into some what's trending this hour headlines, though, right now. According to ABC News, Mark Short, the former chief of staff to VP Mike Pence, testified last week in front of a grand jury investigating January 6th under subpoena. He is actually the highest profile witness known to have testified in the criminal investigation into the January 6th, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol. And so a lot of people are saying this shows that it's not just about, uh, you know, them subpoenaing, if that's a word, people that were involved on that date, but people around it. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. 
Uh, to some news coming out of Dallas. A woman allegedly fired several gunshots into the air at Dallas Love Field Airport in Texas today before police shot her and took her into custody. Oh, wow. The incident began at about 11 a.m. when a 37-year-old woman arrived to the airport, went to the bathroom, and then exited wearing a hoodie, pulled out a firearm, and began shooting, apparently aiming at the ceiling. An officer on the scene shot her in... Uh, a lower extremity and she was taken into custody and is in the hospital. No one else, thankfully, was reportedly injured. Here's some of that audio. This morning at about 10.59, a 37-year-old woman gets dropped off, goes inside near the ticket counters in front of Southwest, goes at one point into a restroom, exits the restroom. Now she's either put a, some sort of hoodie on or some other different type of clothing that she had when she walked in. At some point, Simultaneously, one of our officers is in the area. She produces a handgun and begins firing. At this point, we don't know where exactly the individual was aiming. For the most help we're seeing now, she was aiming uh, at the ceiling. At, but there was- okay, uh, moving on to Canada, where, uh, you know, it seems like they're doing some good things. Handling Please. life better than us. Please. The Canadian government is pledging $1 million to LGBTQ plus groups to prevent no. the spread of monkeypox. Well, maybe they are. <laughs> Minister right. of Environment and Climate Change, Stephen Guilbeault. They still have poutine. Yep. So not everything's right. I mean, poutine can be good depending on where you get it. Oh, Shira, you're not eating anybody's poutine. Uh, oh, I, oh, I am. I, as long as it's vegetarian. There's no such thing. Yes, there is. Anyway, uh, the this minister said the money would be distributed among local organizations educating queer and trans men about monkeypox prevention. Canada's public health agency will also retain $100,000 of the million pledged to combat any emerging issues relating to the virus. Good on Canada. Okay, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? Thank you. Let's talk about some fun things. Uh, it's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. And honey... So, Rolling Loud Festival. Not sure if you know of what that is, but guess what? It's a huge festival in Miami. And uh, it's one of the biggest, I mean, hip-hop festivals there is. I mean, Kanye West was supposed to be a headliner, but then dropped out. And Kid Cudi ended up taking his place. Um, Well, he got so upset that he threw his mic on the ground, Kid Cudi did, before screaming at fans and storming off the stage after being pelted with items thrown by audience members. So there's uh, video footage being shared all over Twitter where I guess he was hit in the face with water bottles during his set. He then threatened everyone watching his show saying he would cut his set short if he continued, if they continued to disrespect him. Here is the moment. Yo, I will walk off the stage and drop one more and it was a lot longer than that and a lot more f-bombs than that but he was upset and it was actually wild to see people like throwing things at him Horrible. like it, something hit him in the face like it, it like who goes to a concert to do this who goes to see Trolls. his set to actually stand in the front which takes hours by the way to get that sort of placement to then throw things at him for then 
Kanye West, who, remember what I said? He canceled. He was not going to be at the festival at all. He did not headline. He ends up showing up as a surprise appearance during some other rapper's like uh, set, which feels so wild. A lot of people are alleging that this was a, a whole setup on the behalf of Kanye West. He's playing the long game. It's insane. I, I don't know what was going on, but I feel really bad for Kid Cudi or any artist who's getting things thrown at them. I just, I don't know. This is just ruining all festivals. Uh, and I also saw Lady Gaga had something thrown at her, and then someone had, like, stopped it. Yeah. Right? Oh, it was it was the fa- So, you know how Lady Gaga's set has um, power those power fans. You know, everyone has the Beyonce fans now. And so, when you, it was, like, something that she threw. The fan caught it and, like, literally, like, tossed it back. That's just horrible. Like, yeah, they should. I hope they kick people out right away. I don't think. I think that's different though, because I don't think anyone's trying to harm Lady Gaga because it's nothing but like. It seemed like these people, people were. At, yeah, could have been directed obviously at him, but it just seemed like these were bad audience members. This was just like. Not yeah, good. it's a it's the Kanye West fans probably. Well, that's your T report. We got more coming up next hour, and I think we are talking about JoJo Siwa and Ooh. who she says is the rudest celebrity she's ever met. Oh, I want to hear this. Mm-hmm. Okay, after this, could you have had COVID and not known? We're going to bring you the latest next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, you might know if you've gotten COVID because you test positive, you went through the whole thing. You might have also gotten it without knowing. See, I... Okay, so this is the interesting thing. Right before the world shut down in 2020, the last time I went back home to Nashville, 2019, around Christmas, I was so sick. I couldn't even really do anything. I felt like now knowing the symptoms... I, who knows? It felt like I was probably one of those early first people who experienced it. But there was no test. There was no, like, anything. You didn't even, yeah. I didn't even know about it until March. But I thought then you would have antibodies in your system. But anyway. Who knows? Uh, here to share more is our favorite Dr. James Simmons. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. Now, Do antibodies really work like that? Well, let's talk about it. According to this Yahoo.com article, uh, there's this doctor who said that um it's impossible to say for sure without a test. There are some signs that you may have been infected with the virus at some point without knowing. Is that true? Yeah, there, there is no test. <laughs> there is no definitive test right now that can say uh, you have had COVID in the past. Hopefully we will get one. I think we, we need to develop something like that. I think it's interesting information. It also is going to be really important for a lot of people who, you know, might have long COVID, you know, situations going forward. And so if there's no other explanation for why someone might be short of breath or how, you know, their migraines have gotten 14 times worse or all of the different things that go along with long COVID, if we can develop some sort of test that says you've had COVID in the past, that would be the one definitive way to know. But unfortunately, we just don't have that right now. So I guess how can you measure with just like, if you do have, like, if you caught COVID kind of like how I feel and you just think back to, oh, my God, I felt exactly like this at one point before this all started. How can you compare those? Is it smart to really do that? Is it, is it smart to say, oh, well, maybe I actually did have it when I didn't think I have it just based off of what I'm what I'm experiencing mm-hmm. now? Sure. Uh, you know, it's really difficult to to make those sort of comparisons because Flu-like illnesses and other, you know, uh, COVID is actually a a vascular disease more than anything, but we sort of call it a respiratory disease because it primarily impacts people's respiratory systems primarily. So a lot of these these symptoms 
feel and look the same way in the body because our, our, our body has an incredible immune system, right? What our body is capable of, of fixing and healing on its own, especially when given the appropriate tools and resources to do so, is incredible. How we feel when our body's immune system is kicked into overdrive often feels the same regardless of what the external insult is. So any sort of virus that attacks us or any sort of bacteria or any sort of insult from the outside that gets inside of us, our body gets really pissed off and does what it needs to do to try to kill that thing. The way we feel about that is very similar sort of across the board. Some of them might cause a little bit more runny nose than the other one. Some of them might cause a little bit more fever than the other one. But all in all, we sort of react similarly. And so I think we do get into a little bit of dangerous territory um, in being, you know, it's not a bad thing to be like, well, I think I had COVID because I felt X, Y, and Z. Yeah, you might have also had the 17 other super common respiratory viruses that yeah. were also going around in December of 2019. You know, like it's, yeah. it's, it's hard to, it's really hard to say what it is. I sort of felt the same way too. Like I, I came back from a sports tournament in Vegas uh, the last week of February in 2022 or last week of January in 2020 and felt horrible. It was the only time I'd ever lost my smell oh. in my entire life. There you go. And I was like, and, you know, then we learned a few months later that it smells. So I would say, you know, of all of the signs and symptoms, losing one's smell and taste does seem to be somewhat specific to COVID. It's rarer in other conditions, but it's still not definitive. So why didn't you like this article you're saying uh, on Yahoo? You're like, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, because what this, I mean, I love that this person is giving out uh, health education. And, you know, obviously, I'm a big, big fan of that. Uh, but this, the article itself is saying the one big sign that you've already had COVID. And so it's, it's to me, it's very clickbaity, because we all want to know, particularly people who have never tested positive, like I've had COVID twice, one, one time was really bad, my partner's never tested positive, he's barely even ever gotten sick in the last three years. I would love to know if he's had COVID or not. Maybe we need to study him, right? Maybe he's got like the magic immune system that we could, we could use for COVID. There's no test for it. And so you click on this article thinking that, oh, it's going to be the one thing that shows that you had COVID. And it's not. It's just a description of signs <sighs> and symptoms that you Click get with bait. any sort of illness. It's really annoying. Oh, my God. All right. That was Dr. James Simmons. Thank you, as always. And check out uh, all, all of Dr. James's content on their Instagram at AskTheNP. They have all these amazing updates and everything you need to know about everything happening in the health world. So check it out. Thank you. Okay, so, uh, you know, it's summertime, and that means traveling. Well, how do you make flying just a little bit more bearable right now? Find out coming up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Oh my God, can we talk about how annoying traveling, especially at airports, have been lately? Yeah. I have traveled and all of my flights were being delayed. You know, there's tons of pilots, um, like, you know, strikes happening, canceled flights. So much is going on. Yeah. And the only question we can think about is mm -hmm. how to make air travel more bearable right now. Well, senior reporter at Huff, HuffPost is joining us. Caroline Bologna, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Please help me through this because what are experts saying to even combat what they're like travelers are dealing with right now? This feels like a complete like, you know, last show. Ass show. You're so right. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, short of, you know, choose a vacation you can drive to, um, <laughs> if you have to fly, um, there are certain things you can do to maybe, you know, prevent, your, you can't fully prevent flights from being canceled. So many things are out of your control, but you can certainly reduce the odds, you know, booking a flight in the morning, even if you're not a morning person, can be helpful because flights that are later in the day are just more likely to get delayed because of that domino effect of one delay or one staffing issue just cascading and then causing all the later flights to get backed up. And, you know, also booking direct when possible, because, again, just missing one connection, then you're just stuck somewhere that wasn't even your final destination. Um, Downloading the apps, you can track your plane. What's kind of cool is, especially if you're flying in the morning, you know, the whole day before and night before your flight, you can see where the plane that you're going to take in the morning is coming from, and you can see that it landed at the airport. So you know going to bed, like, okay, my plane is there. I don't have to worry about that. What website is that? That is true. That's uh, That was something that someone told me recently, book morning flights because of that. Hmm. Um, and then also, carry on. I am the worst packer. I love to check in a bag, but I feel like these days all the luggage has been like so many people have lost their luggage. Oh, I'm checking right? bags to the day I die. I no, I mean, much. this is an issue. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all the experts are saying if possible, you know, now is the time to be as efficient as you can, you know, yep. take out some of those shoes and those layers and, you know, be as minimalist as you can because carrying on really is just the real way to avoid the headache. And if you must check a bag, just make sure you have essentials in your carry-on that you could, you know, could live with your carry-on for a couple of days if something happens. A lot of people, you know, with these wild stories of massive piles of luggage, you know, in Heathrow Airport that just have been separated from their owners for weeks. Some people suggest putting air tags um, in your checked bag okay. so you at least know where it is. You know, yes. You check it. My friend was going to Spain and she put the, an air tag on her checked bags I so mean, she could track it That's it actually was. really smart. But I, I wonder, how did we get to this point? Like, why is it so chaotic? Has it been this way? Have Could we have avoided it? Like, why are we here? So a big part of it is that airlines cut flights because people weren't traveling. And then people started traveling again and just the demand has outpaced the supply. So in terms of staffing, in terms of number of planes, that's why more planes right now are statistically more likely to be full than they were before the pandemic. So like, although we don't have the full amount of people flying as we did before the pandemic, we have even fewer flights. So it doesn't balance out quite that nicely. Well, yeah. Are they overbooking the flights because of everything? And then last minute, I mean, they're they're offering thousands of dollars to change your flight or something. Now, if it gets into that, you know, double digit moment, I'm giving my flight. I'll sleep in the airport. <laughs> I don't even care. I know. I know. Yeah. I mean, it's always been somewhat standard practice to maybe overbook a flight a little bit just because statistically somebody's not going to make it. But it's happening more often. And you're seeing these wilder stories of them just going up to really high numbers. So what they say is if you're ever at a gate and they're saying, hey, we're looking for three volunteers. You know, we're starting, we're offering $300. Even once it reaches an amount that, because they'll just keep going up, up, up. And once it reaches an amount you would take, like $500, you can go up to the desk, but don't say, hey, I'll take $500. Say, hey, I'm willing to be a volunteer, but I would like to be paid whatever the third person gets. 
because they're going to keep going even after you until oh. they have all three. Oh, you could. That's a smart. Oh, my God. You're gambling they keep at going, that point. They, yeah, but haven't I heard like someone got like $10,000? Yeah, the most recent crazy? person. Like I've, I've heard that story. Someone got like 10000 Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're authorized to go up that high. What? I mean, they have to. I mean, yeah, yeah. This is like a real-time well, negotiation. That horrible, um, huh. After that horrible United incident, when that person was dragged off the flight, all the airlines up to their um, amount. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you so much for giving us some tips here. I mean, travel just feels like, especially with the holidays fastly approaching, we got to get on top of it. So thank you so much, Caroline uh, Bologna, yeah, for joining you. us. Hopefully you're writing more content this way to keep giving us all the tips we need because you're like, you know, I don't know, you're perfect. Thanks for being here. <laughs> oh, thank you. Happy to help. And best of luck to everyone. Yeah, safe travels. And may the odds forever be in your favor. <laughs> Pray. Uh, next up, according to the internet, there are a few questions you can ask to see if someone is gay without asking directly. What? No, why? Yeah, I mean, this is real. Sure, are you a homosexual? We're talking about it next. I'm a homosexual. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. On the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. According to this article on Queerity, there are questions you can ask someone uh, to find Ugh. out if they're gay without asking if they're gay. This is This is so according to the internet. It's so problematic. It started on Reddit as uh, where things As one start. problematic yeah. conversation does. A Reddit user said, ask me if I'm gay without asking me if I'm gay. Okay, do it. Uh, well, should I do? I don't know. I would not say anything. But oh, you this wouldn't? Is what came, oh, goody two-shoes share would never. Uh, I would say... Hmm. No, I don't know. Have you had anything in your mouth lately? <laughs> well, that could be for everyone. You know, that's why you ask. Have I guess uh, the top or bottom? No, that's Shh, that's, that's not, even worse. That's not the point of this article. Oh, okay. Example. Please just jump in. Example: What moisturizer do you use? Oh, I love that. If you know the name of your moisturizer, you're you probably, probably a homosexual. Gay. Yes, I don't. I've I know a lot of straight guys who do know that. No, but you don't. What's your Starbucks order? Most likely, if it's like a vanilla latte, they're probably gay. That is not fair. Yes, I mine about, isn't a vanilla latte, but it is a. It, it well, it is a, actually a, it's an iced vanilla caramel oat milk latte. Okay, yeah. If there's oat milk involved, <laughs> probably gay. Uh, I'm a homosexual. How, how do you check your nails? Is one see that one's that one's a joke though. That one because like <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, I see that. Or like uh, uh, how do you what, check your nails? Like in what way? I I do it. Is that a lesbian censor thing? No, I no. think that if. Someone checks it looking at it. Yeah. I think oh. they're trying to get you to like See, do the I, whole... I, yeah, I'm like, I do yeah. that. Yeah. 
But I will say I need one of these for women because I don't know how to navigate dating women in this climate. <laughs> yeah, what do you ask? Is it more of like... Uh, Have you ever played softball? That's my only question. No. <laughs> you know someone who plays softball that... Who? Uh, no, or it's... What's the one where you throw the ball? Volleyball? Vo- it's not a volleyball. It's where they hit There's each other. The rackets. What's it called when you throw the ball and you can hit someone when you played it when you were younger? Rugby? Oh, my Lord. Oh. No. Uh, There's too yeah, many Yeah, I feel like with, with yeah, how do you know if uh, someone is into women? Yeah. Women that's, are into women. I'm having a hard really? time. Really? I feel yeah. like that's a problem. I especially feel like for It's more of a look identify. or if they touch exactly. you. That from my, from my it's little experience. Oh, of what? <laughs> Please, define your little experience. Talk about it. Uh, from the two times that I have been... Uh, that I've had an experience. Okay. It's there there have been two obvious She's talking about things. her college days, y'all. It's no, back in nineteen seventy. Yeah, last year <laughs> my college days. No, it has been where there starts to be some physical touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what if where, they're just handsy? Like, what no, if they're just like No, there's a difference like between flirty. like a woman that's like no and like pushing you or mm-hmm. like but like caressing your It's arm. like the back, like kind of puts their hand on your leg or oh. the back you're like on your back. Mm-hmm. Or um, is just staring at you, <laughs> right? I, it gives you the look. For me, it's a look as in like what they look like. Like I, my type when it comes to women is the like, they're very obviously gay when you look at them. Like they're masculine looking. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So like that's typically my type and that makes it easier to navigate. But the, some p- people like move away from that and then it, it like the lines get blurred and yeah. I have a harder time figuring that is it true. out. That is huh. true. I mean, for me, I just don't, I mean, if I just see you on Grindr, Oh, see, I don't use apps. There's obvious spaces. Yeah, if you're in obvious spaces, then it's like you That's are probably. That's not actually true. There's a lot of people that aren't just that on Grinder are like, you what know, What are scruff. they looking for? I mean, they're looking for homosexual experiences, but that don't mean <laughs> yeah. they're necessarily homosexual. Before we get out, Ryan, what is your, if you can't figure out if someone is queer or not, what do you, what do you do? Is this a conversation oh, you have? Oh, I Oh, kind of, if I'm being honest, I look mm. at their shoes. Oh, interesting. What do you look at, for? I look at their shoes. Are there, sh- like, if they're wearing shorts, what specifically type of shorts they're wearing? Oh, like what their inseam is? Y- yeah, like what? Like if <laughs> I feel like you see even that. Cargo it's not shorts? Fair. You know what? There's been a lot of people that I've thought that it's like you have there's certain features that you, but that becomes cliche, right? And but that's I, normally I would never. Yeah, so I'm like, normally so I would never. I typically ask, but like, it's like the fun what, of it. I ask one, oh, do you have a partner? Or like, no, because and then straight, I ask, straight people have co opted partners. Well, so, mm. but then they go, yeah, I, Oh, I have a girlfriend or boyfriend. Typically, that's what happens. Or I ha- I am married. Or you go, what do you? Uh, so, or are you single? Are you dating? They'll say, and then what are you into? Yeah, hey. I mean, normally, uh, to be honest, if I just I feel like I haven't been in that situation in a very long time, and normally. Because there's a task rabbit actually. Oh my god, I hate that we we got to get out of here. But there's a task rabbit that I just got recently, and he was super flirty. And we've actually been texting. Okay. So, but he is a straight man. He is. A, mm. I know he's a straight man. But like, how do you know? Every time he like leaves to like do something at my house, and then he like leaves. How many he times? Raises, okay. He's been there for a couple times. I've had I have TVs. I need to make. Got it. And so like he um he always gives asks for a high five, but instead <laughs> just a regular high five, he like grasps oh, my hand oh, and then no. holds it. Okay. And I'm like, okay, I think he's just a straight man. The worst kind of straight man. <laughs> the ones that like to flirt for attention. Yeah. The worst kind. Just saying. You'll find a lot of those in Hollywood. Okay, next up, more of what's trending, including what celebrity JoJo Siwa says is the rudest she's met. Next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. More music coming up right here on Channel Q. But... 
coming up on the show right now. Uh, are you sick of those automated calls? They may be coming to an end. How exciting is that? Oh, my gosh. Guess what? I got a call about your warranty. It needs some extending. Oh, wow. I'm surprised you even remember that. Uh, more than 15 minutes. Uh, then we all keep secrets, but what is it doing to us and why do we even keep them? Also later this hour. Let's get into some what's trending this I hour. I love a good secret. Yeah, headlines. Sure you do. A Republican <laughs> lawmaker, Representative Glenn Thompson of Pennsylvania, attended his gay son's wedding just three days after joining the majority of his GOP colleagues in voting against a House bill that would codify federal protections for same-sex marriage. What a hypocrite. The gay son of Thompson... Bull- <laughs> this guy, uh, this his son confirmed to NBC News that he married the love of his life and then his father was there. Thompson's press secretary, Madison Stone, also confirmed the congressman was in attendance. Boo! Wow. Like, how dare you? You just witnessed this beautiful act of love for you then to go turn around and spew the most hateful act of hate. I mean, very thoughtful, thought-provoking, the words that I just uttered out of my mouth, so you're welcome. (laughs) And moving on to Cuba, Cuba's National Assembly approved a sweeping update of its family law, which opens the door to allowing gay marriage, greater women's rights, and increased protections for children, the elderly, and other family members. It's always great when you see other places do better than us. The new family's code will be put to a referendum vote on September 25th after being debated in the community earlier this year. Organizers said 62% of participants expressed their support. And finally, President Biden uh, shared this with the National Organization of Black Law Enforcement Officers at their conference. Today, we have a clip. Every day we rely on law enforcement to save lives. Then on January 6th, we relied on law enforcement to save our democracy. We saw what happened. The Capitol Police, the D.C. Metropolitan Police, other law enforcement agencies were attacked and assaulted before our very eyes, speared, sprayed, stomped on, brutalized, and lives were lost. And for three hours- of course, he's talking about the Capitol attack on January 6th. And we're going to tell you what White House Press Secretary Kareem Jean-Pierre had to say about all of this next hour. What's happening in entertainment news? Well, thank you for throwing to me. So, uh, Judge Osiwa, guess what? She's revealing the nastiest, most rudest celebrity she's ever met. It's time for the Tea Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Now, on TikTok, this is the type of theme or trend that I'm looking for. I love this type of juice and tea. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so there is this new, like, trend where literally you, like, flash. You ask, like, uh, you basically put questions or prompts on the screen, and then you, like, flash your phone with pictures of whoever these people are. Uh So she did that, and it was the rudest celebrity she ever met. And guess who it was? Cameron Bure from The Full House. Candace Cameron. Oh, yeah, you know, that's that's what I meant. (laughs) Yeah. Candace uh, Cameron. Really? What happened? Did she say what happened? No, she didn't say what happened, but she just showed her picture. Oh. Which, honestly, I'm not that shocked from. I'm not shocked by Candace. Be- like, She's also, isn't Candace she a uh, Republican? Yeah, but I mean. Not that I meant, but you know. That's interesting. I mean, those two probably have a great direct correlation because, you know, Judge Osiwa is a homosexual. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, that's so interesting. That makes me wonder if the house was really that full. It wasn't full of love or happiness. Or was it full of? It was a glass house ready to be broken from the inside. That's your tea report, and <laughs> sheer just ruined my whole entire vibe. <laughs> that's on you.
Next up, could we see an end to robocalls? We've got the scoop next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, are you sick of robocalls? How annoying are they, by the way? You know what? I enjoy sometimes having someone to talk to. So because is it the, is that sometimes more, they're people? Yeah, people or not. Either way, they're scamming. Exactly. It is. It is interesting because, like, I almost feel bad sometimes. I'll be like, I'm sorry, but I just know this is. Why unreal. do you feel bad for them illegally getting? Your obviously, number. there's something happening well, that, that they're illegal. resorting to doing that. Anyway, um, <laughs> are you? <laughs> please seek therapy. There's yeah, something please wrong. Get some help. Let me robocall you for therapy. See how it feels. All right. Well, there might be a change happening soon when it re- comes to robocalls. The FCC has announced that it was ordering phone companies to block call traffic that the agency believes is part of a massive car warranty robocall operation responsible for eight billion illegal robocalls since 2018. They've been owning the robocall business. Uh, joining us right now is Sarah Morrison, senior reporter at Vox and Recode. Thanks for being here. Uh, thanks for having me. Hello. Yeah, so how did the this company get away with these scams for this long? I mean, uh, robocalls seem like they'd be kind of simple to uh, find and, and take down. Um, you know, I think the phone's been around for like 100 years, maybe more. Uh, but it's actually, it's pretty tough, obviously. So um, in this particular case, I mean, I think the FCC and the FTC, they've been going after, you know, robocalls for for years. They've arrested or they've sued people. They've fined people, et cetera. Uh, what's new about this particular uh, thing is that they're actually going after the, like, providers uh, that the, you know, robocall people are using to, you know, to make those calls. Mm. Uh, that's, that's, that's what's new here. So how would this be the provider's fault if, you know, they're just like a phone company and whoever signs up for service just signs up for service? Yes. And um, I think there are some legitimate providers um, where, you know, that, that this happens to where, you know, their networks are used by people who make illegal robocalls. Uh, there are also providers that I think are sort of happy to look the other way. Mm. Um and, uh, you know, you're supposed to have at this point, there's, you know, been a law passed, I think, a couple of years ago, sort of, effort, you know, mitigation efforts and things in place to be like monitoring your own networks for these kinds of things. And there's certain things uh, that these operations do. They buy up like big banks of legitimate phone numbers to then use the call. Um, so, you know, they're basically saying, you guys have to monitor your networks better, and if you don't, we're going to find out, and uh, then we're going to send you some letters. And then if you don't respond to those letters, we're going to tell everybody else that they cannot accept calls from you, cool. and that'll be the end of your business. Yeah, so who is this on? Is it on the phone providers? Is it more on these other companies or both? I mean, it's, it, this, is, this is shifting some responsibility onto the providers. Um, so, I mean... Companies like Verizon or whatever, although we're not looking at, I mean, this this isn't happening through Verizon. I think it's generally happening, almost exclusively happening through very small companies. And I think what they suspect was happening here is that these eight providers that this this was about, um, you know, they, they knew what was going on. Their entire businesses were set up for it. Um, so, so taking them down with eight billion calls allegedly going through them. Yeah you know, is, is, is a big deal or well, should be. But why now? Because it just seems like, like you mentioned earlier, 
yes, the phone has been around for so many years, yeah. but cell phone companies and things like that, if they've been complicit in these ways, why is the FCC or the F- and the FTC just now being like, oh, let's figure this out through this process? Because the actual, like, the process that they use to, like, to, to figure out where these things were coming from is actually fairly new. Um, that there was a law that was, I believe it was passed in 2019. It's called the Trace Act. becomes effective in 2020. And then that says, you know, all of these providers, you have to have this certain framework set up uh, and robocall mitigation database and a couple different things that enable us uh, to go after, to find and go after these companies better than obviously we were before. Interesting. So what should people know in the future as it relates to this? Yeah, look out for it. I mean, if you're somebody who gets the robocalls, I mean, I guess it depends who you are. If you're somebody who's got a, a voice over internet protocol, a voice service provider, you should know that, you know, they're looking at you and their efforts are serious. And if you're someone who is sick of getting robocalls, um, you know, generally they say, don't answer them, don't engage with them, don't use your time for therapy. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I can't. Some things we just can't control with Shira. So sorry. <laughs> Come on. Uh, I mean, you, you only make it worse for yourself because then they know that you'll answer, that your phone number is legitimate, and then you will get more calls. Oh, so uh, if you answer and have that conversation, they know and they'll call you more? Oh, God. Uh, yes. I, I had to do some of this for a story I wrote about this like a couple months ago. And so I had to actually answer them and engage with them. And, you know, I mean, I got an auto warranty robocall while I was writing this story. So oh, yeah, wow. I, I would recommend don't don't do it. No matter how tempting it is. They, they're not lonely. They're fine. You don't need to you don't need to talk to them. Yeah. Can you just block it on your phone? I mean, now at this point, I do see now scam or whatever. That, but yeah. Yeah, you can. Um, and I think a bunch of the, uh, you know, I don't want to shout out Verizon, but you have Verizon, AT&T, all the mobile providers. They now have like things you can do. Uh, free services they provide. I think they also just are automatically labeling calls that they think are spam or scam calls as those things. Um, so yeah, if they provide like an app also for free, you know, use that. I can't because I get a lot of like random calls a lot just for my job, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I turned it on to report that story a couple months ago, and and I was, you know, I was like, yeah, this this would this would be great if I if I could use it. So if you can do. Amazing. All right. Well, hopefully this ends for good. That was Sarah Morrison, senior reporter at Vox and Recode. Thanks again. Thank you. Yeah, Sarah, I don't mean to bring down the mood, but I have a secret I've been keeping and it's kind of having some super oh negative effects on me. And I think I need to talk about You're it. You're a robocaller, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. But I do have a secret and I'm ready to shed it all out. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Woo! You know, I have been holding on to so many secrets. I'm sorry. That sucks. No, it's secrets. Sometimes I, I like having secrets. I enjoy the idea of, you know, having something to myself. And then also, like, because, like, you know, sometimes I don't, you don't have to share everything. Well, there's a difference between, like, I would say things that are just private. I wouldn't say that's a secret. That's just, like, your No, privacy. that's a secret. It's a secret. I'm not going to, like, tell people, like, how I do certain things, like... Oh no! You're gatekeeping. Door, what like, you're talking about is you're gatekeeping. I'm, <laughs> I'm like just I'm not gonna just because secrets. like all right. So like I'm not gonna say oh me and my boyfriend did this this and that. And I'm like that's not a secret. It's just more like this is just my private. 
But you time. always end up to, you literally just told us something earlier today. About it was about you, a pimple, not No, partner. I'm talking about not that. You were talking about Oh, whatever. something else. Anyway, um, <laughs> I just think, uh, and there's, there's, it's really interesting about how we view secrets and what keeping secrets can actually do to you. And should we keep secrets? And I just wonder, is there an appropriate time to keep a secret? And this is open floor, first question out there. Producer Shelby, I'm going to throw it at you. Ding, ding, ding. Mm-hmm. No, I already put... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, please take No, take I'm joking. Floor, it's not Jeopardy. Continue. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm keeping You're... a secret that they hate each other. <laughs> <laughs> You're asking me, is there an appropriate time? To keep a secret. Absolutely. If I think... There's two kinds of secrets. There's personal secrets, and then there's secrets that don't belong to you that someone shares. So if it's something that someone shares with you, I think you are obligated to keep that secret at the the person's request. I think that's just a given. When it's a personal secret, you have to decide why am I keeping this secret and how important it is that it it stays private. Um, Like in the example of this piece I was reading, this guy found out later in life, midnight, that he was adopted like why did his dad wait to tell him that at the most random time the most random age uh in the most random way so it's really a matter of when you're comfortable sharing if you're comfortable sharing and actually i'm really curious i'm going to read more about this to see if he ever got an answer as to why he waited that long and why he called him at midnight Mm, interesting what about you uh i think yeah i think what say you I think that uh, there's a time and place for everything, right? There's things that once I, again, as I mentioned, things that are just private things that you don't need to tell people, right? Like yeah, you how you go everything. to the bathroom and things like how, what that you are like. Not, you need in, to define secrets because you, <laughs> like, you using number two is not a secret. <laughs> Everybody does it. I know, but That's I don't need to secret. talk about it. Anyway, uh, I think that as it relates to what you're telling people, uh, yes, if it's someone else's, you shouldn't be sharing it and it's not the right thing to do i think when when you're sharing a secret that could impact someone there's secrets that you share just to vent into like safe spaces to share and that creates vulnerability and that's in- intimacy right and then if you're sharing a secret that's impacting someone i think it goes back to um the acronym think t-i-h-i t-h-i-n-k sorry <laughs> t-h-i-n-k sorry um this is it is it true is it helpful? Uh-huh. Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Right? So So when does telling So us, here's the thing okay. is like you while you might want to get it off your chest because you're having this aha moment, might not be the best time at midnight when someone's going out partying. You're like there was someone in my family that said someone cheated on them. Maybe not the best time to tell me at 10 p.m. on a Saturday night <laughs> as I'm leaving a guy's house well, at a know, certain point. Most parents have, or if it is a parent, you know, most parents have awful timing. So yeah, that's <laughs> the thing is like, do you think this is going to be helpful to the person? Are they going to be able to receive this information okay. in the way that you want? Another or question. Is, it, is there a better way to share that? So when does... When does see like I feel like there's a, a thin line, like a blurry line when it comes to lying and having a secret. When does one when That's does it goes be- back to think when does it <laughs> the acronym T- Well you wanna spell it again? Is it kind? Is it helpful? Right? So if you're sharing like uh, that's why they say, you know, white lies. Although I do think there's something to be said about... White lies are awful. I know. Just that's, as bad I said, as a regular I was going to say, at a certain point in a white lie, quote unquote, I would ask yourself, why are you holding that back? Is it because 
it's scary? Are you scared what the person's going to think? And and creating a space for you to understand that. Let's give an example of that. So, like, there's an example that this article used of saying, like, oh, if you're at a party with a group of friends and someone comes late or whatever, and that friend, like, is like, oh, what do you think of my outfit? Something it feels like that I would ask. I would ask my friends that all the time. And they and but everyone's just like, well, there's no reason to actually be honest, really, because there's nothing you can do to change it. There's nothing you can You're do. You're gonna at this just point. make them feel You're bad. There. You're just going to like, you know, make them feel bad. Yeah, and is it so just not helpful? Lean into just giving, saying the nice thing. For me, that is way worse than um than like not telling me the truth. Telling those little white lies or being like, oh, you look so nice or you look great is a problem for me because as a friendship or any relationship I have, I expect transparency. I I expect um, you to give me the real when I'm asking it and asking for it. And even if it's just as simple in your brain about like, oh, it's just your clothes. That's not that big of a deal. Maybe I can tell you later. No, t- tell me either before we get there or tell you me in the moment. You said you just arrived at the party. I know, but I still want to know. So what do you, I what would you say? It's horrendous. Why are you? No, well, I didn't, I, didn't you just say think like just you can say it in any type of way, but it's just of how you say it. Say I, and so telling uh, me being like, oh, that maybe that's not my favorite, or yeah, maybe something I think different. A way like to do it just telling me something nice, or just giving me a compliment when you don't really mean it. That's going to now create trust issues. What if someone was like, oh my god, you met my boyfriend or partner? How isn't he so adorable? And you're like, well, you you would say maybe he's not my type, but yeah, I'm so happy for you. I don't think I would even say that. I would I would be honest. Being he's, like, oh, he's really ugly. Yeah, girl, like he's not he's not normally what you go for. <laughs> well, that's not very straightforward. That is. What if th- she doesn't go for hotties? Yeah. If I'm saying that she's asking me that, how about we just keep this conversation going? Or do we have something? <laughs> I, I like this conversation. Are we down? We have this? something next. Oh my god. Do you and- care? I always care. <laughs> I mean, we could continue this. Our, our, do you want to hear Sheer Spell Think again? <laughs> final thoughts. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. We kind of got away from secrets, but this article poses, can friendships, relationships survive without secrets? And this professional says it would lead to bumpiness. So in some context, secrets are necessary. Do with secrets. that what you will. Yeah, and I think the more, this is the thing I'll say it and I'll end with this, the more you have that or you're keeping a secrets to yourself, and there are the good ones and then the ones that hold you back. Think about those because that's a heavy burden on your shoulders. Thanks. And that leads I to guess. dis-ease. I I'm just telling you. I don't agree Leads to with emotional that. turmoil. Next I don't up. I agree with that. Uh, there was a robot. Chess playing robot. How did everyone final thoughts and I didn't get a final thought? <laughs> you were the one asking the questions. You didn't even really give your opinion the whole time. I know. And you I did really that wanted to, yourself. to. That's why I was trying to bring it over to the next. But it's fine. Keep going. A chess playing robot. <laughs> really? Uh, we're changing the subject for a chess playing robot. You gotta hear what happens. This is, I'm telling you, this made news everywhere next. This is a secret. I hate everyone in this room. <laughs> Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. It seems like robots are taking over the world. This story better be good. And um, this moment, um, which definitely proved us all right, um, how robots could be evil, is, you know, is going viral right now. A chess playing robot broke a boy's finger during a match in Russia last week. Uh, <laughs> this person said the incident. What was that laugh at? Was it the I was robot about, or the finger that was broken? I was laughing at the fact that it happened in Russia. Oh. It was like, of course this happened in, in Russia. Um, so it happened at the Moscow Chess Open. The boy, uh, after They're the boy rushed the robot, a, bro- a robot broke a children's 
finger. This is, of course, bad. <laughs> this was the response uh, from the president of the Moscow Chess Federation. The robot was rented by us. It has been exhibited in many places by specialists for a long time. Apparently, the operators overlooked some flaws. The child made a move. And after that, it is necessary to give time for the robot to respond. But the boy hurried. The robot grabbed him. Probably, we have nothing to you do know with what? it. This, this this robot is relatable because it's me when I'm playing checkers or Uno. I will literally chop off an arm if oh I catch God. someone cheating. You know, it, it's dangerous, especially when you get a group of black people who are playing <laughs> games. We we half the time get into fighting if things are, you know, if you stack a, a double Uno or like a, you know, a, a, a two skip twos or whatever it is. It can get very dangerous in these streets. So I relate to that robot. Well, that robot was just thinking this little boy was cheating. And sometimes you got to... You know, get them together. Yeah. Well, this is it, this is worrisome because between uh, What's the self-riding cars or self-driving cars and these robots, like, we think all these things are cute and, like, can help. But then there's going to be that moment where it does something because... Are you, you know, planning an nuances. apocalypse already? Well, this is, is an example. It starts with the small moments like this. She's Will Smith and I, Robot. Who knew? <laughs> and then who knows where we could land. But it sounds like it was the boy's fault. Yes, he was a cheater. Here's the thing, no. though. Here's the thing. Is that there are nuances. Like, anyone else would just look There's at the boy. No, wait, I'm wait. sorry. Are you going to talk about intersectionality for robots no. at this point? <laughs> I'm saying for human behavior, if you were the other person, typically you would just be like, hey, he cheated. Hey, call him out. And if you did get into a wrestling match, you would be called out, right? It would be like a strike or something. But in this case, the robot doesn't understand because it's a robot. And it's just told to react a certain way. And that's the thing. It's, it could lead to violence. This is actually very scary. I'm sorry. I, I'm team I robot. I feel like this. Snap his finger off. The robot. It seems like it wasn't. Uh, the robot went for his finger and tried to do this. It seems like the boy was in the way. Well, the of problem the is robot. a normal yeah. human would move if someone was in the way. The robot doesn't know any better. Okay. So, so whose fault? side are you on now? I am on the human side, not the robot side. It's the same thing as getting your finger caught in something. Yeah. It's the same thing as burning yourself like on a if stove. if your finger gets caught in the door. Yeah, yes. but that's different. But is it that's the door's like, you fault? Know it, uh, no, it's your fault, but because you're the one, the, the door isn't moving. The robot moved because it's not, it doesn't know what to do when someone like does something that's not in the ordinary that it's used to. I'm sorry, that little boy It's programmed to do. That's like getting hit by a car and saying like, it's the car's fault. No, if fault. it was a self-driving car, yes, Tesla, I would say yeah. it is, it's the car's fault. Just like it's the robot's fault. It's not the robot's fault. No. That little boy did not follow the protocol that he was probably supposed to follow. And guess what happens so when you break now, the rules? Follow protocols, Break and you'll their, get like. Have you watched *Handmaid's Tale*? It's, 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 it's my future. It's all of our futures. So if you break the rules, choking. Like, like, literally. So yeah, in the future, that's a thing. It's like we could be running late, right? We're not here at the show at the right time. We uh, we put our hand on the doorknob and it burns our hand or something. I vote yes on that. Yeah, <laughs> I think. I, I mean, this is coming from. I mean, I wonder who's or the say, or so or say the mics. It's like automatically supposed to go to our face when we are on air. But by mistake, you turn the on air thing on and it hits my face and breaks my nose. I would. Would that make sense? Genuinely love to see that. <laughs> um, so if anyone's working on that, we would love to be your test dummies. Right. Please let us know. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We are wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yes Queen of the Day. Yeah. 
Yes, Queen. This one goes out to Joshua Baker, who oversees the Youth Ambassadors. It's part of a nonprofit that serves and is led by black queer people in Alabama. At 25, uh, he leads this teen group. And uh, he also does this while caring for his ailing mom while in high school. Uh, And then, yes, he he earned his master's in social work and then he moved on to start this. He now has this group, this program. uh, And of course, with the fear that Alabama's legislator is going to pass a very restrictive measure for the LGBTQ community, it's more important than ever before that groups like this bring black queer people together they meet actually for these twice monthly zoom meetings and baker is just single-handedly uh putting this all together in order to try to reverse the rules this is a double-edged sword for me just because um sucks that he has to deal with all of these predicaments that society and life has given him of course um but it's so beautiful and powerful that where he finds resilience to push forward and, and create um, space for others to not have to experience these things while also navigating the marginalization of their identities and their lives. And so um, I am so proud of this person and I think what a beautiful way to create a legacy and do some good. Definitely. So we want to get a big shout out to Joshua Baker and check out his group. Go support it. If you know anyone who needs it, also you can share this with them. It's called Youth Ambassadors. Yes, Queen. And that does it for our show today. We're ending on a high note. We are back tomorrow weekdays here live on Channel Q, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern live. On tomorrow's show, what's coming up, Shelby? Oh. That's a good question. Um, Well, the Biden administration is supposed to be expanding LGBTQ plus protections under the Affordable Care Act. So we're going to look into that tomorrow and more um, queer people might be able to donate blood. So we're going to talk about that as well. Love that. And what if we talked about as well? There was a really good article that I found about how climate change is impacting and like the heat especially mm-hmm. it's impacting your mental and behavioral health oh yeah that's that's no definitely question true about it. yeah yep. we're talking about that too alright so much good stuff <laughs> happening if you miss any of our shows or interviews we post everything as a podcast just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There we are sending you love and light and honey Remember to slay and have a wonderful rest of the day. I'm so happy to be back. Now stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris right after this where he's talking about how to keep yourself single. Hey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 